Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast and I've got a very special edition to share with you today. Uh, Some of you will know that I work on a regular basis with uh, mentees at Progressive Property. People have gone through the deal packaging training that we offer there uh, and we run a mastermind group. So I get to work up close and personal with my mastermind mentees and how cool is that? And um, the thing is, the benefit to you guys out there in property sourcing profit podcast land is that I can share general challenges, you know, barriers, stuff that my friends in the mastermind uh, stumble upon. And uh, I'm going to start sharing those uh, challenges with you and just talk it through and see how we can move forward. And uh, one that one issue that I'm going to share with you today, and I come across it again and again and again and again, is making the lowball offer. Maybe you want to make a lowball offer. Maybe you've got an investor um, that you're trying to source for, and you know what their criteria is. But the offer you want to make is so um, cringingly low you know, so bottom squeakingly low that you're kind of embarrassed about it. Uh, And what you think is that it's going to damage the relationship between you and the estate agent. You need the estate agent in your life because they've got loads of deals. So I am going to share with you how we move forward on that. Um, Remember, you know, deal packaging, deal packaging basically is about people, and it's about arithmetic. That's all it is. You know, if you've got people skills and you can do your arithmetic, you can package deals. Doesn't matter if you talk to investors or talk to estate agents. And uh, when I hear from mentees that they know what they want to offer on a particular house, but they say things like, quote, unquote, I'm fighting myself in my head. Fighting myself in my head because I'm, in, I'm embarrassed to actually say it out loud uh, then the low ball offer is uh, a really powerful strategy. You need it in your criteria. How do you how do you sum up the nerve to put forward a really low offer? So what is the right number? What is the number that you can put forward in good faith, maintain your relationship with the estate agent and serve your investor to so that you get paid? The important word throughout this is justification. You've got to be able to justify your offer. That is the key. If you can justify your offer to yourself and to the estate agent, then there is no need to be embarrassed about it because you are a property professional. The estate agent knows you're going to be looking for a discount. If you're looking for a significant discount, then all you've got to do is justify it. You know, you are professionals working in the industry together they're going to expect you to make an offer but if you just go in and and keep making low offer after low offer after low offer with no justification with no conversation just plucking a figure out the air just taking 25 percent off whatever it is uh that's being offered for that doesn't make you credible so get a pen get a bit of paper i'm going to talk you through it now And uh, this follows on from a phone conversation uh, I had one-to-one with one of my mentees this morning, and I'm going to borrow his numbers, his house in his areas. Now, he was in the north of England. He is. He is in the north of England. I can't change that. So we're going to talk about a 100 grand house. 
For those of you who are not in the north of England, this still is very valid for you because wherever you are, you've got to justify your offers. I will try and reference higher value properties as I go through. If you're working in the southeast, you're going to have higher value properties. Can't buy many houses in the southeast of England for 100 grand. You can't. A beach hut in Brighton. A car parking space in London. That's about it. Okay, so I get it, I honour it, I respect it, but the principle is going to be the same. You've got to justify your offer. So here's how we start. The universal concept which is going to help you on your journey is the concept of gross yield. Gross yield is a concept that everyone in property understands, should understand, if it's the first time you're hearing about it. I'm going to deep dive into it so you know exactly what gross yield is. And then when you talk gross yield, everyone will know what you're talking about. So in short, the calculation for gross yield is, write this down, you need to write it down. Not if you're driving, don't write it down if you're driving, you'll have to listen afterwards, write it down then. Okay, gross yield is the total gross rent roll, the total gross rent roll, no, no deductions the gross rent that is achievable for that property. And you look at it over a year. So whatever the monthly rent is, in this case, the monthly market rent for this house, which was a hundred grand house in really good condition, didn't need much of a refurb on this at all. Uh, the market rent was £575 a calendar month. Over a year, that makes the rent £6,900. Now, that is not the net figure that the investor is going to receive. It is the gross figure before all deductions that the tenant is going to pay. So this is gross yield figure. You've got the gross rent. In order to work out the gross yield, you divide the gross rent by the cost of the acquisition. So that's the cost of the property. Uh, the price that you pay, and all the transactional costs associated with the purchase. So it's legal fees, uh, it's uh, mortgage fees, it's uh, any refurb that you need. On this one, we didn't really need one. Stamp duty. I'm going to come back to stamp duty. Anything that you have to spend money on to buy the property is part of the acquisition cost. Now, this is what I do right? And I'll share it with you. Uh, and I'm going to have some purists listening to this podcast say, David, you got this bit wrong. You got this bit wrong. But this is just how I do it. I've done it for years. No one's ever queried it in the real world. They haven't. Okay. What I do not include in my um, figure uh, for the cost of acquisition of the house is my deal packaging fee. So the way I present it to an investor is this is the house, this is the number, this is the gross yield, right, which is the total gross rent divided by the cost of acquisition. In addition, of course, there is my deal packaging fee, which of course you're happy to pay, Mr. Investor, because you know you're getting a great deal. That's just how I do it. That's how it is in the real world. I'll tell you what's and all, right? Now, I'm going to have some few purists, some experienced people listen to these podcasts. I'm, I'm honoured that you're out there listening to me um, dribbling into a microphone. But it's really cool to have you 
on these podcasts because I like to get your feedback as well. So those experienced people, the purists out there are going to say, David, you know you should have included that in the cost of acquisition. Well, some do, some don't. I don't. There you go. That's where we are. So we've got a hundred grand house uh, with a gross rent of five seventy-five a month, six thousand nine hundred pounds a year. If you divide six thousand nine hundred by a hundred thousand, that is a gross yield of six point nine percent. Even if you're driving the car, you can take that number in without writing it down. Six thousand nine hundred divided by a hundred is. Uh, 6.9% gross yield. So we are in the North of England team. 6.9%, 7%. Pretty common yield these days. Uh, Pretty pretty common in decent uh, family-let type areas. But you're not going to get the juices flowing in an investor offering them single lets in good condition in good areas at 7%. You're not. We need to find a bit more. The, the, the holy grail, the magic number, is double digit. You've got to try and get towards double digit gross yield, 10%, right? So on this particular house, if the rent, and we can't do much about the rent, uh, the market rent is the market rent. You know, we can tweak it a bit, but uh, that's for a different podcast uh, episode. Uh, so the gross rent is six thousand nine hundred a year. If we want a ten percent yield, yield, we've got to pay sixty nine grand for the house. You get it, right? Is the vendor going to take an offer of sixty nine grand for a house when they've originally marketed a house at one hundred five, one ten? They've already made a deduction to a hundred grand. In the real world, probably not. You know, you can make a hundred offers at that sort of level. Maybe you can pick up one or two, but that is not a business. That's just shooting into the dark, really. So. We know we can't offer 69000 for a 100 grand house uh, and get it accepted. So how do we work it? How do we make sure we get a, a deal here which serves the investor, gets a house off the uh, estate agent's stock, and we get paid in the process? This is how I would do it. I would reverse engineer the offer. So a 100 grand house. In the current marketplace today, I believe that every property that's offered for sale from an estate agent uh, is there to be discounted. Uh, this house has already been reduced from 110 to 100. Uh, what I am telling you, and I believe this with volition, is that most houses that you will see in the shop window will not achieve 100% the offer price. They won't. I believe in the current market today, and I'm speaking at the end of 2018, in the United Kingdom, they're going to achieve between 93 and 95% of the offer price. Uh, you can get a 5 to 7% uh, reduction in the, the purchase price just by going into the estate agent and making an offer. That's how cool it is, right? Now, there are times when the market is hot when you're not going to be able to do that. Probably you might get a couple of grand, maybe three grand. You're going to have to pay 97, 98,000 pound for that 100 grand house. But today, I genuinely be, believe with volition that you can get that house 93 to 95 grand so long as you've got an investor with all the finance in place and ready to move. That's what it's about. It's about moving, the market moving. That's what it is. Uh, because what I'm hearing 
from my friends in the estate agency world uh, out there in property land is that in the southeast of England, especially in central London, prices have dipped. We know that. And in the rest of the southeast, uh, prices have dipped a little bit. So in central London, um, where the foreign money was coming in, where the trophy buildings were being bought, uh, those prices have dipped. In the rest of the southeast, anywhere outside the M25, or even on the M25, in real houses where real people live, people are holding out to try and get their prices, but they're finding out if they want to move, they've got to take a bit of a discount. They've got, the vendor has to take some money off the pr- price of the house if they want to move it. So what I'm hearing is that vendors are digging their heels in. They are not selling right below their asking price. They're hanging out for the big asking price. But what's happened is the market's coming to a standstill. This is the feedback that I'm getting. Uh, and that has rippled out very quickly. So I've got a lot of friends in and around Manchester in the estate agency business. This is what I'm hearing. Things are on a pause. Uh, there's a big, big factor which is also contributing to this. And uh, I'm going to talk about it later in this podcast episode, the B word. I'm going to use the B word, uh, but I'll come back to the B word in a few minutes. So we've got a reverse engineer. We've got a hundred grand house. What's a reasonable offer? What is an offer that you can make that is justifiable, that is professional, that the estate agent might be prepared to put forward to uh, the vendor? And how do you justify that? So, this is what we do. First, top of the shop, 100 grand. Uh, imagine you're speaking to the estate agent. The script I would use might go something like this. 100 grand in your window, Mr. and Mrs. Estate Agent. Here's the thing. I know you're not getting 100 grand, right? I know I can get a bit of a discount on that in the current market. You know, the market is soft. And um, you're not getting the transactions you were getting. I'm going to make you uh, – I'm certainly going to take that into account, and I believe I can pick that up as, like, as a member of the public without being a professional property trader. I can pick that 100 grand up house up for, for 93 grand just by turning up, just by walking in here and talking to you about. There's a 7% discount off the top of my head straight away, day one to day. But I am a professional property trader. That's who I am. I know what the market's doing. I know how to work. And the other thing is I do this for a living. This is how I earn my wages, right? So you know I've got to get an edge on just that 7%. That 7% discount, which is probably the true market value of the house when we get down to it, okay, um, that's not a big enough deduction for me. I need to be able to earn a profit. This is how I earn my corn. So to tempt an investor to buy that property, which is in your window at 100 grand, we've already agreed anyone can buy it at 93 I need another 10 grand off that house. I need another 10 grand. And what that 10 grand is going to do is to going to pay me my fee. Plus, it's going to be a reasonable discount for an investor to put their cash into this property. Because investors are a bit unsettled today. And we'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, But an investor also has to have an edge. And I cannot go and say, I've just agreed to pay 93 grand for a house that's worth 93 grand right? That's not giving my investor the edge. Okay, so I need another 10 grand off that price, which brings us down to £83,000. But I can't finish there because that's not all profit for the investor. 
It's not. They've got transactional costs. They have. So let's work this backwards. Stamp duty. I'm going to come back to stamp duty in a minute, but I want to flag it up straight away because stamp duty depends on how much you buy the house for. So let's finish, see where we finish up. We've got legals of £1,000. Uh, we've got any mortgage fees, any brokerage fees. Uh, there's always a little something. I mean, that house is in really good condition, but you know, there's going to be a thousand, two thousand pounds somewhere. You know, even just giving it a good clean can cost you 150 quid, right? So there's going to be something, there's going to be something broken. The oven's a fan might be broken. We haven't turned it on. There might be a little bit damp hiding behind the sofa in the living room, right? So I've got to make an allowance for that. So transactional costs probably, uh, with everything else, going to bring the price, the offer price down below 80 grand. Remember, we were at 83. And then I've got stamp duty. So stamp duty at this level is around a couple of grand. You know, it's, it's at 80K. Uh, we've got to take the stamp duty off, which is two grand plus. So I'm heading down, Mr. Estate Agent, you know, as a pro property professional here, to serve my investor and to be able to get that house out of your shop so that you get paid, I'm looking at an offer of around 77K. That's what I'm looking at. Now, <clears throat> they may accept it, they may not accept it, but here's the thing. You have justified the offer. You have. And just in case uh, the estate agent is still sucking his teeth and looking at you as though you're not quite right, Let's talk about the B word. Let's talk about Brexit. Brexit is having uh, an effect on the property market. Um, this is not a political point. I'm not doing politics. I'm not. I'm talking about real-world property stuff. There's a pause. Investors are holding back. There is uncertainty. They don't know what's going to happen. Uh, what's going to happen after March 29th next year, we don't know. But you can use this to your advantage in your negotiation. Brexit is your friend. It is, because it's entirely reasonable for you to say, Mr. Estate Agent, my investors are holding back. You know, it's got to be something really special to tempt them. We need to tempt them. How do we tempt them? The way that we tempt them is to get somewhere near a gross yield. Remember the calculation for the gross yield? Somewhere near double digits. Now, in this town, in northern uh, England, for a Good house in a good location with good, easily tenantable, in good condition. We know that the gross yield has been around 7 to 8%. But you're not going to sell the house at 7 to 8%. We've got, a, we've got to tempt the investor so that they put their hand in their pocket. If I can get somewhere towards 10%, then I think I can get this house away. So what is towards 10%? Okay, I'm going to pause now. And I'm going to revisit the numbers that we visited earlier. Do you remember the market rent for the house was 575 per calendar month, 6,900 for the year. If we've got a, a house that's producing 6,900 a year, 10% yield, double digit yield comes in at 69K. That's a bit ambitious. But if you can get, if you can get an investor to accept a 9% yield, that comes in at 77,000 purchase price. And if you remember the way we worked it back, including stamp duty and our margin and just the 7% for walking into the office, we're not far from 77K as an offer price. 
and I can get it away at 9% yield, gross yield, for a decent house in decent condition and decent area, I can sell that. I can sell that today. You can sell it. You can sell it today. It's really, really important. So, in summary, I want to summarize this uh, and tell you where I'm coming from. Use every tool that you have available when speaking to estate agents to get the discount in the deal for your investor. The more you can save for your investor, the more impressed they will be, the more professional they think you are. However, you can't just walk into the estate agent who you also need an existing relationship with and just make a low ball offer on top of low ball offer with no justification. So here's what you've got to do. You've got to start with the discount that reflects the state of the market, 7% off the top, it brings 100 grand house down to 93K. First sentence, right? That's where you, that's your starting point. You're entitled to make a profit. The investor's looking for an edge. Another 10 grand off that 93 brings it down to 83. Then you've got transactional costs, right? All comes off the bottom line, team. You've got to talk about it. Solicitors' fees, searches, all of that stuff, mortgage brokerage, Brexit. Talk about Brexit as something that's going to hold investors back and we have to tempt them back into the game. Brexit is your friend. Brexit can earn you fees. Um, if you get to 9-10% yield, you will sell them. Friends in the south of England, the principle is the same. Because in the south of England, okay, we're not going to get anywhere near double-digit yields. We're not. Because the starting point might be yields of 4 to 5%. Maybe in the southeast, historically over the last three or four years, we've been accepting, or the market has been accepting, yields of 3 or 4%. Very, very low. Might not even cover the cost of running the house. Go through the same process. First of all, the numbers will be bigger. So, you know, I've sweated blood here in the north to buy a 100 grand house for 77, if we get that offer accepted, 23 grand. Uh, 23 grand is much easier to get a 23 grand discount in the southeast of England because you're looking at houses at three, 400,000 pounds, right? And if you can justify the deduction, Brexit applies there as well. And if you can get the gross yield, it's the same calculation from three to 4%. Up to 6%, we've got investors that will buy at 6% in the south of England. Why? Because at 6%, if they're using finance, at 6%, it will just about wash its face, the property, on a monthly basis. What do I mean by that, wash its face? It's an old-timers property term. What it means is uh, the expenses will be covered. So the expenses of ownership will be covered by the rent that comes in. That's what I mean. At 6% is that tipping point. But the other thing that we we're going to get in the south of England that we may not get so readily in the north of England is capital growth. Capital growth over time. If you bought the house in the southeast five years ago, nearly doubled today. From 2013 to 2018, nearly doubled in five years. You're not going to do that in and around Greater Manchester or in Yorkshire or in Newcastle or, where, or wherever. You're not going to get that in the 100 grand houses. You're not. So you've got another tool in your armory there. So use gross yield. Go in and talk about the B word. 
Make sure you justify your offers. Uh, you're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. And send me a message. Give me some feedback as to how you get on. I'll see you all very, very soon. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.